0: to have you with us this morning. Today, we are continuing our summer series through the fruit of the Spirit, and today we are talking about patience. And I realized something this last week as I was preparing, that either one, God is trying to teach me something that I am just not getting, Or two, he thinks it's funny for me to preach about the same thing every time that I speak. Because last year, at about this time, I spoke on a psalm about waiting on the Lord. And now here I am again, talking about patience. So this morning, this is the Lord teaching me just as much as he is teaching you. So we are in this together. At the beginning uh, of this series, Pastor Jarre said something that we should keep at the forefront of our minds as we continue this morning. He said, the fruit of the spirit is the character of Christ produced by the spirit of Christ in the followers of Christ. The fruit of the spirit is the character of Jesus. It is who Jesus is, and as followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit produces that character in our lives. So over the summer, we have talked about the first three so far. We've talked about love, we've talked about joy, we've talked about peace, and if you missed any of those, you can catch them on our YouTube channel. They're really great. You know, who doesn't love hearing and talking about love and joy and peace? You know, the fun ones that tend to leave you feeling a little warm and fuzzy on the inside. And today we get patience. Not that patience is a bad thing. Patience is a really great thing. And I'm sure that most of us here would say that we would like to be patient people. But the thing with patience is that we know that it's probably going to come at a bit of a cost. Because the word patience means long Suffering. So we got a good one this morning. How many people here have a dog? A few, a few. How many of you have had children who have begged you for a dog? Yeah, okay. I was the kid who was begging for a dog, and then when I got married to Riley, I became the adult who was begging for a dog. And I got my dog both times, so that's a pretty good track record. But the first time when I was a kid and my family got a dog, I didn't really do much of the training or the taking care of him, but I do remember my mom having to sleep on the couch every single night for months just so that the puppy wouldn't cry all night and keep everyone awake. You know, endless nights of not being able to sleep in her own bed. And the couches that my parents have are like the reclining kind, so they have like a bump in the middle, so like not comfortable to sleep on. But she would be up all night with the dog, and then the next day she would take the dog to the training classes and for walks. And for some reason she'd like complained about it a lot. And I don't remember any of that. I just remember playing with the dog and running away from him when he'd get all crazy and try to bite us. Now, Riley and I got our dog in 2020, a COVID dog, and I was so excited. You know, we did all of the research um, and looking into, like, what kind of dog we wanted. So we picked a breed that was known to be a really great, lazy family dog, easy to train. People are laughing because they know my dog. Really easy to train, you know, it wasn't going to need more than a walk a day. And so we got Nacho. Isn't he cute? He was cute as a puppy too, until he suddenly wasn't. But let me tell you, if you want to learn patience, get a dog. We spent an entire year trying to train him. We got got like multiple trainers. You know, we watched all of the YouTube videos on training a dog not to bite not to pull really hard on a leash, not to jump on people, not to bark, not to destroy everything in our backyard, not to eat holes in all of our blankets, not to bark and cry all night in his crate, and so many other things. And it felt like every time we took a step forward in his training, you know, things were feeling good, suddenly we took two giant leaps backwards, sometimes three. And everyone that we would run into on walks would be like, oh, what a cute puppy, he's so sweet. And we'd be like, yeah, sure. And they'd always say, you just got to keep going. You got to keep on with the training. You got to be patient. You got to stick it out. And let me tell you, that was the worst thing in the world that anyone could have ever said to me in that moment. Because keep going meant keep suffering. It meant keep being chomped on, keep being pulled down the street just to stop every two seconds in an attempt to discourage him from pulling. What I wanted was someone to tell me the secret that I had been waiting for that would alleviate all of the pain and frustration and anger that I had towards this tiny dog, something to end the suffering, I'm sure all of you really want a dog now, hey? He got better, kind of. We had an ordeal yesterday with a bathroom incident in our home. But isn't this exactly how we feel some days? You know, when it feels like everything is going wrong, we're in the middle of a really hard season, and it seems like there's no end in sight, the last thing we want is someone to say, just be patient. It'll all work out eventually. No, what we want is someone to give us the secret that would alleviate the suffering and the pain and the hardship of the season that we're in in that moment. And that right there is our human nature, right? Nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to go through hard things. No one wants to be inconvenienced. No one wants to wait for anything. Our culture perpetuates the opposite of patience. Every technological step forward has been to create instant gratification. We now have streaming services instead of cable, so we can watch an entire show in a week if we want to, and we don't have to wait once a week for an episode of our favorite show. We have our cell phones, we have all of the information that we could ever need or want at our fingertips at any given moment. You know, when a page takes a couple seconds to load on your phone and you go, why is this taking so long? And then the next second it loads, you're like, oh, okay, it's fine. (laughs) Our culture praises efficiency. You know, we've got computers that we can take anywhere with us so we can work from anywhere, no more sick days. You can even order your groceries online, somebody else will go shop for them, and then they will drive it to your house. No more waiting in line, no more browsing the aisles and taking a couple hours to finish your grocery shopping. You know, it's our sinful human nature to be impatient. We can't help it. We want what we want when we want it. Anyone who's been around kids will know that it is an automatic response to inconvenience and to waiting. And often, if it's not caught right away, it can lead to anger very quickly. You know, it's an innate response within us to become impatient. Hence the biblical call to patience. So the passage that we're pulling from in this series is Galatians 5, verses 22 to 23. But before we get there, I want to back it up a few verses to something that Paul lays out just before he gets to the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21 says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality... Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So Paul is laying out that when we give in to the things and behaviors of our sinful nature... know, the things that when we're in an inconvenient situation, the things we automatically want to respond with, the character that is produced in us is the opposite of the character of Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, we don't want to be known for our hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, division, and so on. So how then do we, as followers of Jesus, fight against our natural responses and become more like Jesus. Well, Paul goes on immediately after in verses 22 to 23. He says, "But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control." Against or the, there are there is no law against these things. So today we are jumping into patience, and we're gonna take a look at the life of Jesus and how he was patient with the people in his life, how he was patient through his circumstances, how he was patient with God, and how that directly affects and applies to our lives today. So if you wanna follow along in your Bibles, we're gonna be jumping around a lot in the book of Matthew, and it'll all be up on the screens. And we're going to start by looking at how Jesus was patient with people in his life. Now, Jesus had 12 men that were his closest followers during his ministry here on earth. The 12 disciples, as they are most commonly known, and these are the men who had been called by Jesus to leave their entire lives behind and follow him. These 12 men literally left their jobs and their families and their uh, their homes just to follow Jesus. These people lived with Jesus, they ate with him, they traveled with him, they saw him teach and perform miracles. These 12 men were Jesus' closest friends. And in Matthew chapter eight, we see accounts of Jesus healing a man with leprosy. We see him heal the servant of a Roman officer. We're told that he healed many, many people all while the disciples were with him. And then in verse 23, we see Jesus in the boat with his disciples after all of these healings had taken place. It says, "Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping." The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. You know, even after seeing just the things that Jesus had done that day, all of the healings that he had done, the disciples still didn't understand who Jesus was or what he was doing. In Matthew chapter 16, verse five to 10, we see another example of this. It says, later, after they crossed to the other side of the lake, the disciples discovered that they had forgotten to bring any bread. Watch out, Jesus warned them. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, You have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Don't you understand yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves and the baskets of leftovers you picked up? Or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the large baskets of leftovers you picked up? In this instance, Jesus is reminding them of the exact moments that they have seen him provide food from almost nothing. And the disciples are still surprised. They still don't recognize who Jesus is. And Jesus' patience in revealing himself to the disciples was an ongoing thing throughout the Gospels. How many times have you had to explain something to someone over and over and over again to the point where you're sitting there going, you still don't get it? Yet Jesus was never impatient. He allowed all of the time that the disciples needed to realize who he was and what he was here to do. Another instance where Jesus was patient with people in his life is with Peter, In Matthew 26, Jesus is at the Last Supper with his disciples. They're all eating together, and Jesus is explaining what's about to happen to him, that he'll be betrayed and crucified, but in three days' time, he would rise again, and he would meet back together with all of the disciples in Galilee. And Peter responds to this in verse 33, saying, Even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even knew me. No, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. You know, even after all this time spent side by side with Jesus, Peter still doesn't believe that just maybe Jesus might know what's going to happen. I'm sure that most of us would have been very annoyed with Peter for constantly thinking that he could possibly know better than Jesus. To me, Peter seems like the kid who asks why after every single thing someone says. Oh, we're gonna go to the grocery store, why? Well, you need to eat your vegetables, why? It's bedtime, why? That's that's what Peter seems like to me, but Jesus is so gracious to allow Peter to learn on his own time. And a little later on in chapter 26, we see Peter again. And three times, Peter is asked by different people if he's one of the men who followed Jesus. And all three times, what does he do? He denies that he ever knew Jesus. And after the third instance, you know, the rooster crows exactly like Jesus said it would, and Peter realizes what he's done. You know, patience with people can be one of the hardest things to do. Jesus' character in dealing with the people in his life comes from a place of love. Everything that Jesus did came from a place of deep love for people. Jesus was always patient with people. He was always slow to anger, even when people were against him, even when people didn't believe him, even when his closest friends still couldn't get a grasp of who he was. I'm sure most of you would agree that being patient with the people that are closest to us tends to be the hardest. Sure, you may be able to seem patient. Sure, you may be able to act patient. But what's happening on the inside? Are you frustrated? Are you annoyed? Are you angry? You see, patience is not just the ability to wait for things, but patience is the attitude that you have while waiting. So what's your attitude when you're stuck in traffic? You know, what's your attitude when you're on hold with some business on the phone and all you want to do is ask one question? What's your attitude when you're waiting in line at the grocery store and the person at the till is moving at the slowest speed known to man? Kids in the room, what's your attitude when you're waiting for mom and dad to finish talking with someone after church and all you want to do is go home and eat lunch? Parents, what's your attitude when you ask your kid to clean their room for the hundredth time this week? Spouses, what's your attitude when you've been waiting for your spouse to take out the garbage? Our character is what is driving our actions. So is our character being given by the Holy Spirit at work in our lives? Or is our patience a fake front to seem as though we have the character of Christ, but really inside we're cursing the person who's causing us long suffering? Jesus was patient through his circumstances. In Matthew 4, we see the story of Jesus in the wilderness. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. Jesus was patient through the 40 days in the wilderness. Not to say that it wasn't hard for him, but because he had the help of the Holy Spirit, he was able to stay patient through it. He never once became angry. He never once gave in to the temptation that would ease his suffering. You know, he had been fasting for 40 days, which meant that he hadn't had anything to eat for 40 days. And then here was the devil offering him food and he didn't take it. Only by the power of God could someone be patient through that. In Matthew 27, Jesus' circumstances get even worse. Jesus has been betrayed by his friend Judas, he's handed over to the Roman officials, he's been sentenced to death on a cross, and now he endures mocking and abuse at the hands of the people. It says, some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They stripped him and put scarlet robes on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head, and they placed a reed stick in his hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, hail, king of the Jews, and they spit on him and grabbed the stick and struck him on the head with it. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. And a little later on in verse 39, we see the general public also mocking Jesus. It says, The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well, then, if you are the son of God, save yourself and come down off the cross. The leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So he is king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now, and we will believe him. He trusted God, so let God rescue him now if he wants. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the revolutionaries who were crucified with him ridiculed him in the same way. Jesus went through his circumstances with patience. He was never angry. He never tried to hurt those around him. And if anyone could have gotten angry at these people, it's Jesus. Because they would sentenced him to death for nothing. He had never done anything anything wrong to warrant a death on a cross, but instead, Jesus was patient. His attitude in waiting was trust in God. You know, he had a deep understanding that despite the pain and the hardship, despite the intense suffering of the cross, God was in control. He never rushed through his suffering Like we saw in the wilderness, he had every opportunity to end his suffering. But he didn't take it. He knew that he needed to go through the wilderness temptation. Jesus never cursed God. He was patient through his suffering. And it's easy to say that we should be like Jesus and be patient in our suffering and in our circumstances, but I'm gonna be honest, it's not easy. You know, patient, being patient means long-suffering. Nobody wants to suffer. No one wants to experience the hardships that this life brings us. But Paul writes in Romans 5, 3-5, We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We grow and become more like Jesus through hardship and suffering. Because when we do, we recognize that we cannot do it on our own we recognize that we need the Holy Spirit to help us through it. Our character is developed through what we go through and how we choose to deal with it. When we choose to deal with our suffering by leaning on the Holy Spirit, things like patience are produced in our lives. But when we lean on our human nature and we ignore God in our suffering, We begin to produce things in our lives like anger, hostility, quarreling, drunkenness, things that will cause us to hurt the people around us. Jesus was patient with God. He was patient with God's timing. He knew that God was in control at every moment of his life. And if you read through the gospel accounts of Jesus, you'll see that he was never in a rush. He waited on God's perfect timing in every situation. He knew that his patience was going to result in something far greater for those around him. Jesus' patience with God ushered in our salvation. Jesus knew that he was sent to be crucified, to pay the price of sin for everyone forever. But he waited his 32 years. He continued his ministry, revealing himself to others, enduring through ridicule and temptation and suffering just to end up crucified. But he didn't rush it. He understood that God had a plan that required him to wait. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 to 39, it says, Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus knew that he was going to be crucified. But he didn't rush through it. It was hard for him, but he knew that he needed to endure it. He even asked God to take the pain and the suffering away. But ultimately, he knew that God was in control and he was patient with God's timing. Jesus' patience in enduring suffering led to our salvation. We need to have patience with God. Be patient in knowing that he will work all things out for his glory, that he's not in a rush. He's not working on our schedules as much as we would like him to, but that's because his timing is perfect. You know, it's not easy to wait for him in the midst of suffering. It's not easy to wait on his timing in the midst of a cancer diagnosis. It's not easy to wait for his timing when losing a loved one. It's not easy to wait for God's timing when a child has walked away from Jesus. It's not easy to wait for an answer to prayer. It's not easy to wait on the Lord. But that is why we have the help of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 16 to 17, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now that we have talked about the different areas in our lives where we need to be patient, let's look at some super practical ways that we can work on developing patience like Jesus. The first thing and the most important thing is spending time with Jesus. Spending time in his presence The fruit of the Spirit is produced in our lives by the Holy Spirit, but how can the Holy Spirit produce something in us if we don't allow Him time to? A fruit tree isn't going to produce good fruit without the farmer spending time working on it. It's not always pretty, it's not always fast, it's not always painless, but the fruit is worth it. A few different ways that this can look is turning on some worship music and worshiping. It can look like opening your Bible and taking time to understand what it is that God could be teaching you through it. It can look like getting up early in the morning and sitting in silence before Jesus. It can look like watching or listening to a sermon during the week. It can look like praying each morning before you get out of bed. And however it looks for you, recognize that it's going to take time. This isn't something that we rush through. We need to be patient and we need to allow time with Jesus. It may seem inconvenient at times. It may seem like we could be doing better things with our time. But slowing down and spending time with Jesus is what is going to produce the fruit of the spirit in your life. And the second thing that you can do is start implementing the discipline of slowing. A few years ago, we went through a series together as a church on the different disciplines that Jesus had implemented in his life while he was on earth, and one of those is the discipline of slowing, of making ourselves slow down and wait. You know, patience isn't a passive thing, Patience is active. And the discipline of slowing is the idea that we would actively choose to wait. That when we're in the grocery store, we would choose the longest line. When we're driving down the street, instead of passing someone you feel is going way too slow, you make the active decision to stay behind them and be patient. Like we talked about earlier, our culture is all about speeding things up. Eliminating the need to wait for things. So when we actively choose to slow down our everyday life, we allow room for the Holy Spirit to work and produce patience in us. To produce a character that is like Jesus. Because good things take time as followers of jesus people will either come to know jesus by seeing the character of jesus in us or will be turned away from jesus because of the character of our sinful natures when we are patient with our spouse jesus will be glorified When we are patient with our kids, Jesus will be glorified. When we're patient with our friends and our families, Jesus will be glorified. When we are patient with our coworkers, Jesus will be glorified. When we are patient in our circumstances, when we endure long suffering, when we wait on the Lord and we trust that he has a plan, Jesus will be glorified. When we allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in us and produce things like patience in us, people around us will see Jesus. I was a leader at kids camp a few weeks ago, and I'm gonna close with this thought, but on the last day, my group that I was a part of, our little small group, we were in our last activity for the day. It was our small group activity. And Josh, one of the other leaders, was chatting with the kids at the table. And he said something that I think is applicable today. He said that when he gets up in the morning and he's getting dressed, every morning he makes the decision to put on his Jesus jersey. That way, when he's out in public, people will see Jesus through him. Now, Josh wasn't talking about an actual jersey that he puts on over his clothes that says Jesus across the front, but what he's saying is he makes the active decision every day to say, God, I hope that I can reflect you so that people may know who you are when we spend time with Jesus and we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, people will see Jesus in us. So as we go from here today, let's make the decision to put our Jesus jersey on in the morning and say, Jesus, help me to be patient today so that people may come to know you. If you're able to, would you stand with me uh, as we pray? If you are needing prayer for anything this morning, if you are going through something and you just really feel like you need someone to stand with you and listen and pray with you, our prayer team will be up at the front and they would love a chance to get to pray with you. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, God, we thank you so much that your patience resulted in our salvation. Jesus, thank you uh, for the example that you have set that we can read about in the Bible of how we need to be patient with people in our lives, Lord, how we need to be patient in our circumstances and how we need to be patient with you. Lord, would you help us to slow down our lives and take the time to spend with you so that you may produce patience in our lives, Lord? Would we actively choose to work at patience, Jesus? Would we be a church and a people who would reflect your character, Jesus, so that others may come to know who you are, Lord? We love you, Jesus. We thank you so much for all that you are doing in our lives, Jesus. Would you go before us this week as we go into our regular day-to-day lives, Lord, uh, and just prepare times where we are able to be patient with people in our lives, Lord. And would we take those opportunities to slow ourselves down and say, Lord, help me to be patient with this person. Jesus, help me to be patient in this situation, Jesus, so that we may reflect who you are. We love you, and we thank you so much for all that you are doing. In your name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, Have a great week, and we will see you next Sunday.